0: Well, thank you for being here today for this final message in this current series on the book of Revelation. I think if I counted right, this is number 25, that we have uh, focused on the Sundays beginning January of last year, about half, a a little less than half the Sundays from that time period to now. We have focused on the book of Revelation and the great messages that are found in each one. All those messages uh, we've recorded, they're online, they're on our website. If anybody's interested, also if you're interested in a CD of one of them and you let me know that, we'll try to make that. Many of the CDs have been made and are kept and we have them and others we can reproduce. Um, if you're interested in, in any part of this series maybe that you, you weren't able to listen to and you want to, we want to make that possible. Today we're in chapter 22. The book of Revelation, the last chapter of the Bible, and it has a lot in it that's amazing and beautiful. I describe this chapter as glimpses of eternity and incredible little clips. And there's a lot of different things in it. It's not like it's one story in chapter 22 to focus on, but there are several parts of chapter 22. And I'm going to focus mostly on the first five verses and then a few observations about the rest of it. Again tonight, maybe an opportunity for anyone to share, as Pat did, and, and, and Jen, and, and uh, Nancy. If you want to come and you want to share what it has spoken to your heart about, I encourage you to do that, to be a part of it. Um, I want to read um, from chapter 22 this morning. If you have your Bible and you open it up and you want to follow along with me, I'm going to read through verse 7 right now. Uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and the servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on his forehead. I'm sorry, on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophet, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Lord, look, I'm sorry, verse 7, look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. There are so many beautiful gifts of eternity right in these verses. One of them, to me, is the river of the water of life and its meaning and how precious it is. That is described by John here as clear as crystal. Something about the river of the water of life got John's attention as he wrote it down and whatever he saw and he sensed and he felt, we may, may be able just to, to try to grasp a little bit of the wonder of this river, of the water of life. It also not only is, has a clarity to it, a reality of truth to it, but he describes it as flowing straight from the throne of God and of the Lamb, the river of the water of life. Life is from God. Life is an incredible truth for us to remember and think about the gift of life. The gift of life itself is an incredible gift to cherish. Every single life is from the incredible throne of God. Every person... Every being is from the throne of God. You think of all the symbolism of water throughout the Bible and its ability to give life, to cleanse, to make new again. As water gives life in our physical world, and we think about rivers and fresh water and all the attributes of water that are so foundationally important to life for us. In Revelation 22, we have this little picture of the spiritual reality of water and how God gives us life. God brings issues of life into all of eternity for us in Revelation chapter 22. In the same way that we can understand how water is important in this life, He's conveying to us how precious The life is that God gives for all of eternity is also. For everyone who knows him and loves him has that life nourished by the river of the water of life, clear as crystal. And then you have the tree of life. The tree of life. The idea of the source of eternal refilling and renewing. The beautiful picture that God gives us here. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit in every month. The tree of life and the, the source of eternity. Forever and ever and ever promised in another place in the book of Revelation to those that overcome To those that persevere and hold on to their faith and their truth, we are given this promise of the tree of life. This this beautiful picture that was given in the Garden of Eden and taken away by sin is now being restored. And God is restoring what was lost when Adam and Eve sinned for the first time. He's promising to us for all of eternity a, a sustained fellowship, a sustained friendship a sustained relationship where we know him and he knows us. And there's a closeness, a spiritual connection and closeness with God. The tree of life. It represents something very, very beautiful in its attributes. It says the the fruit will, will bear crops every month of the year. You know, I said... A few weeks ago, I don't think there'll be any timetable in heaven, but I read this verse and I realized I had missed this. There are months in heaven, so I'm not sure about my theory about time in heaven. But whatever the case, the story is that every single day of eternity is planned and sustained by the river, the water of life, and the tree of life. Uh, Or the uh, the river and the tree of life. What a beautiful picture. And we're told here in the next verse, the leaves of the tree are the, for the healing of the nations. Think about that. The, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So this tree of life, the trees of life that are along the, the river of the water of life, in those trees are abundant fruit. Literal, maybe. Maybe we'll eat in heaven. There's so many references that... Uh, uh, food and different elements of that in heaven, but certainly there's speculation about that, but there's fruit each month. And the leaves are for the healing of the nation. Think about the healing that God is doing in heaven. He already does in that instant. I said in the beginning of chapter 21, when judgment finally is coming. in the next instant is the new heaven and the new earth, where we're promised early in chapter 21, there'll be no more sorrow or pain or crying or death. Any of those things, all of those things are passed away and all things will become new. And God is forever renewing and healing the, the world and the nations. The healing of the nations. I think of all the sin that has disrupted life since the beginning of Adam and Eve. And God is undoing that. Somehow in eternity, God is continuously undoing the injustices of the past and wiping them away, wiping every tear from our eyes, wiping away the rebellion against God. Another way to say it, one translator or one commentator says, a repair of humanity's brokenness is taking place in this description in Revelation chapter 22. No longer, verse 3 says... There will be any curse, no more curse. Somehow God in his infinite ability and wisdom and power and strength is able to take the curtain of humanity that's full of darkness and pain and sorrow and trouble and he begins to peel it back in this promise. And it's being peeled back and peeled away and there's no longer the consequences of sin. God will make it all new again. There will be no longer any Curse! Think of that beautiful thought. God has closed the wounds of humanity. God has sealed forever the healing that the curse of sin has brought. He has sealed forever the, the consequences of sin and undone what Satan has tried to accomplish for his rebellion against God. Here in this verse, we're, we're, we're hearing this description no longer, no more, No more punishment. No more tendency to sin. No more rebellion against God. No more pain. Nobody suffering because of the actions of other people. No suffering from our actions because God has brought this healing, this glorification to every single person. There will no longer be any curse. Think back to Adam and Eve and what caused there to be such a, a, a painful break in humanity. And all the acts. First think of Adam and Eve and how simply God said you can eat of any fruit of the garden except from the the tree in the middle of the garden. And Adam and Eve chose to sin. Then they were cast out of the garden. The consequences, the curse was beginning. Then there was a son, Cain and Abel. Cain became angry with his brother and jealous. And he went out and he, he murdered his brother and... And then the the sin continued, and into the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation, every generation, every person, every man tainted by sin. All the accumulation of sin and evil that's ever been committed against God, all those things, two things about that, every sin of humanity from the past, way past, and Bible times, and through the first two, centers, two uh, 2,000 years of the church and today and until the moment of the final judgment, every accumulated sin, two things about those. Number one, Jesus paid the price for those sins on the cross. And number two, God promises that in the book of Revelation chapter 22, 3, that God will no longer, there will be any curse about sin. What a picture of what heaven and eternity will be like when God wipes away all those things. What an incredible force the healing of God is. The healing of God for all of humanity described here. And then here's another one that Nancy mentioned in 22 verse 4. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads boy, what's it going to be like when we finally see Jesus for his fullness? Paul talked about seeing him through a glass darkly. If I were to go up and get on a ladder, put my face into that window, and you could probably see if the light was right, you could see a shadow of something. And in some ways, that's how I think that we see the fullness of God. We only see it as a shadow through the window. But boy, on this day, everything will be brought away. And we will be here face to face with the Son of God. Who loves us so much. And gave so much for every one of us. Every one of us. What a beautiful picture. They shall see Him face to face. The mysteries... Will be wiped away finally. We live in the mysteries today. The questions will be gone. The doubts will be gone. The curse will be gone. The struggle will be gone. And we shall see him face to face. Once again, I'm reminded of Jesus' words. It's amazing how Jesus' words, especially in the book of Matthew, tie in to the book of Revelation in many places. I'm reminded of his words in chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. And here in chapter 22, we're told that we will see him face to face, the beauty and the wonder of that. And they will reign forever. Eternity. You think of uh, eternity's promise. Of the connection between the Lamb and His people and His kingdom. They shall reign forever. And so, with this thought of eternity, in verse 5, we we come to the end of the vision that began in chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3. We've had a continuous vision up until this verse. Verse 5. And then After having this incredible vision, John is is ready to set down his pen. Think about that moment for John. Think about how John has been uh, uh, writing and watching. He was invited up to the portal of heaven to look inside, and he's been recording all these events. And now he's come to the end of verse 5 at Revelation, and he puts it down. He has faithfully listened, he has faithfully watched, he has faithfully passed on this holy revelation. John the man, John the revelator, John the early writer of many scriptures is now passing on to us as he sets that pen down. John has been the observer Uh, over these seconds, moments, days, weeks of revelation. I wonder how quickly this revelation was given to John. You know, the, the time, again, with God, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I wonder what it was like for John when he woke up from that amazing vision. He has been the observer. He has been the scribe. He has been the recorder, the reporter of this great vision. And you think of all the variety that's been in this vision that John has been uh, thinking about and watching and observing the creatures, the movement of history, the effects, the practical nature of the book to the seven churches. John has given this vision to the church John has given this vision to you and I. It is a message for us today, a picture of eternity. Why? The purpose of the book of Revelation, I talked about the first and second sermon in this series, but I just want to say again, the purpose of the book of Revelation is to deepen your faith. It's to cause you to be stronger in your faith in God and your trust in Him. It's also to call you to be ready because we don't know what time and what hour to be ready that God's plan is moving forward and a day will come. And he calls the church to be a faithful witness to him. God calls that this vision will be passed on to the people around us in this world. We've been given a small window into the realm of eternity, a small window into the realm of the angels too, I think of all the uh, uh, voices that uh, come out in in Revelation, the message of the angels and how beautiful their, their message has been. We've been given a little bit of that, those unseen messengers and protectors that are working in the realms of the end of time and the battles and... The things that we read about here that, that we see the angels are involved with, but we're also reminded that God has those same angels in our world today. And somehow, in some way, God is directing the angels in the affairs of men as well. Unseen perhaps among us, unknown among us, but God has an active array of hosts that are working in behalf of our lives. I'm thankful. For the angels today that we see in the book of Revelation. And then we have in the book of Revelation of warning in verses 18 and 19, I warn everyone, John writes, and this is back into the, the added addendum of John as he has finished the vision. And then he says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from the scroll, this prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. Every word of this book is true. Every word of the prophecy is going to take place. It may take place like we envision it, and how. We might think it will, and it might be very different, but every single word of the prophecy of God is going to come true. We don't want to take it lightly. We don't want to take it irreverently. We don't want to put God in a, in a box of mythology, a God in this place where, you know, he's a good advisor, but God? Eternity? No, we want him to be in that place of the highest respect, As we worship Him and we live out our lives as God gives us the opportunity to. And then in this last two verses of the book, in the last two verses of the Bible, we hear Jesus speaking again. He has been speaking, He's been speaking ever from the first chapter, He's been speaking in our lives today. And he'll be speaking for all of eternity. The lion and the lamb. He speaks with authority. He speaks with passion. He speaks with power to you. Jesus today speaks to you. If your heart is listening. If your heart is listening today. This Jesus in these incredible stories, is speaking to you today. Will you listen? Will you hear his voice? He speaks with passion. He speaks with authority. He speaks with power. He speaks with discernment. He speaks with God's full love. Jesus is speaking and what does he speak about in these last words of the Bible? Well, the key word that Jesus uses, and in fact, he uses it seven times in these last verses, is the word coming or come. In chapter 22, seven times, we're reminded that Jesus is coming. It's like that is the overall theme Of chapter 22. Coming. Come Lord Jesus. His people know that he he is coming. I am coming soon. Just a quick look. Verse 7 says. Look. I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words. Of the prophecy written. In this scroll. Verse 12. He speaks again. Look. I am coming soon. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 20, or verse 17, I should say. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. You notice the Spirit and the Bride, the Holy Spirit of God and the church say, come. Jesus, I'm coming soon. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life Come, I am coming soon. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. One translation of that word soon is I am coming abruptly. I did a little bit of study this week about that word coming and soon. And another way to translate it is not so much in the sense of immediacy, I'll be here this minute, this day, but the urgency to know that he's coming back at the time that he has chosen. And God the Father knows the day and the moment and the time that Jesus is coming back. The next thing to happen, as far as as I understand the Bible, the next thing to happen in the history of mankind is the rapture. And it could happen any second, any moment, any day. And we must be ready. Jesus said, I am coming soon. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready to meet God? Whether it is on that day of rapture or your day is appointed to die, and you'll stand before God, He is coming soon. Would you stand, please? Now I want to read the last verse of the Bible. John writes this. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. You know that the last word of the Bible is to express that you will know and sense the wonder of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you sense that deep in your heart today. The grace of Jesus. Thank you for being with us In this series, thank you for your patience throughout this time. The grace of the Lord be with God's people. Amen. You're dismissed.